everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Welcome to the EC Method. Are we live? We are live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our new intake of the EC Method. First and foremost, thank you so much for signing up with us. I promise you won't regret it. We have a few things already that we want to go through with you this morning because a few common themes already arising. So we're going to get through some of that. And thank you so much for wanting to be a part of this. And we promise we'll make it very fun for you all. You'll be, yeah, you'll be entertained, but also very supportive, supportive, supported. And I think there was a few people on the welcome post just saying, I'm nervous. And I think nerves are a good thing because it means you're taking it seriously. But a couple of people saying, well, actually just one, that they're overwhelmed and we don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Like if you are struggling, just ask. The whole group is there to help you as well. And there are so many grads in the group that know what they're doing, that are more than happy to help. So don't, I mean, we'll be there as well, but don't be afraid to ask. The other thing that was really nice yeah. about the welcome thread was that nobody mentioned weight loss. Like nobody. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it like loads of the goals were like, oh, I want to be, I want to be happy in photos with my kids. I want to be fit enough to exercise in Spain where I live now and it's really hot. I want to maintain the results that I already have or do that do it this time but not be over restrictive and I was like the messaging is working we have attracted our people <laughs> well this is the thing guys no matter we're going to go through the questions post now but we've got files obviously nutrition files for whether you're beginners in the intro to nutrition file is for all you beginners we want all of you tracking and that's where the tracking guide file comes in but the intro to nutrition file is going to set you up in terms of your knowledge to learn how to track and to, to learn about food very, very quickly. So the files are there to really help you and kind of give you a crash course in education. But as Emma said, if you're looking at the files, and I actually haven't uploaded the home workouts yet, so be patient. I will do it today, I promise. Um, you're looking at the workouts and you're feeling overwhelmed. That is why we're here as your coaches. You just at tag us and say, here are all my questions. Here is what I'm really confused about. I really need your help. And I promise you, that's why we're here. We're going to steer you in the right direction. We'll set you all up. And typically, by the second week, absolutely everybody has found their feet and knows exactly what they're doing. But, you know, don't freak out if it takes you a few days. That's perfectly okay. Be patient with yourself and we will get you there. Yeah. And on that note, like I think one of the biggest myths in diet and exercise is that it needs to be complicated. And actually, mm -hmm. the basics are the basics because they work. And Chloe and I do exactly the same things that we're telling you guys to do. Like, there's nothing secret. There's nothing special. The answer to your, like, dream physique isn't a special workout or a, a really restrictive diet or something that you haven't tried before. Like, it's literally just doing the basics and doing them consistently. And that sounds yes. really simple and it's simple, but it's not easy. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. And that's why having coaches is important and making sure that you are placing your efforts where they're getting results and not getting distracted by whatever you see on Instagram or some shiny whatever. And I think a lot of the times with that, 
people are getting results despite what they're doing not necessarily because of what they're doing like if you see people doing crazy fancy workouts or five hit workouts a day or really restrictive diets it's like yeah they're in great shape but it's not because of what they're doing it's almost despite what they're doing yeah guys it's really simple and and we will go through this as the weeks pass and we will consistently say things like this and you will pick this up and it will become law in your head but it's really simple when you look at that kind of quote-unquote dream physique that you see on instagram this is a a very dedicated period of time resistance training so being in the gym for example three days a week doing full bodies or five days a week doing split body parts whatever it's resistance training it's lifting weights it's getting in enough protein in your meals throughout the day and just in your day-to-day life it is if you want to lose body fat being in a calorie deficit achieved by how much food you eat every day and also how many we want we're going to give you all step counts and that is it it is that simple and as Emma said it's consistency it's I'm going to keep going day in day out I'm how are you going to approach the diet when let's say for example you have a barbecue that day and you know you can't stick to your your standard meals that you normally would do when you're at home how are you going to handle that like are you going to go into that we call it on the easy method the fuck it bucket are you going to go into that like fuck it and absolutely you know ruin all your progress that you've made that week or are you going to go into that like no you know what I have I can still eat I have calories this is how I'm going to allot it that day so are you going to go into it smartly with your goal in mind and as we keep we will keep saying it's consistency it's keeping on going it's not giving up every weekend when like we say you fall in the fuck it bucket and this is where our coaching is hopefully going to not only are we going to give you the basics like your calories how many steps we want you on how many workouts per week we want you on all the basics and they really are basic they work but we're also going to help you in terms of your consistency your mental approach and how you're coming into this and the reason why you've never managed to get or maintain the results before is because for 99.9% of you we need to work on your mental approach to this yeah for everyone it's mental isn't it like even for us it's mental and I I actually had a, a message from someone last night quite late last night kind of stressing out that she wasn't going to be able to get her steps in and like is this the right program for her and We've said that 10,000 steps is a good marker to go for and she doesn't think she can get over 7,000 steps. That's totally fine. Like one, we can work on it if we can increase those. But two, like there is always a way around it. If you're saying you can only get 7,000 steps, okay, all that really means, ideally we would have you creeping up towards 8,000 because you're going to get huge health benefits from the first sort of eight-ish thousand steps that you get. But the secret behind having you do more steps as you're expending more energy all it is is considering both sides of the energy balance equation so if you're not as active the fact is you'll be burning less calories over the day so if you still want to be in a deficit you'll need to drop your calories slightly lower that's it that that's all the amendment that needs you don't need to blow that up into i don't think i'll ever be able to lose weight i can't do this like small aspect but this is why you've got coaches because we amend that for you and make it work for your life and i also think that a lot of people see a step target and they're like I'll never be able to do that. And then by the end, they're like, I hit it every day and it's fine. (laughs) So don't feel like if you are feeling overwhelmed, like it's totally normal, but please, please, please don't give up at like the first target or feel that you're overwhelmed by that. Like as long as you're doing a little bit better than you were yesterday and you're asking us for help, you you literally can't fail on this. Yeah, exactly. And, And this is why I say to all of you, look, we do have like, a blanket target we could tell all of you that would be fantastic if fat loss is the goal for example hit 12,000 steps a day okay that that is 
it's fair to say that's accurate because it's going to be that's a really nice high but doable expenditure however the reason i say the step counts will probably be different for all of you is because of exactly what emma just said some of you will be like oh i already i have a dog i walk twice a day i already hit fifteen thousand steps a day well great that's done we don't need to work on that with you some of you will be like i have a very sedentary life and a, a very sedentary job and i'm going to really struggle to hit eight thousand steps a day and that's exactly what emma said this is when we're going to work with you to get you where we need to get you and it will look the struggles will look different for all of you for one of you it might be steps for one of you it might be your relationship with food for one of you it might be you hate going to the gym and you know emma and i preferably would want all of you in the gym so you all are going to come in with different struggles nobody needs to feel like oh crap i'm going to fall at the first hurdle this is what we're here for tag us and we will get you there um emma before we jump into the questions post is there any kind of other big bits of housekeeping you want to touch on um i think i should touch on so the welcome video which hopefully everyone has watched as in set up your target video there's a link with that you need a google account to use that link i will upload another version of that i mean you don't necessarily need it it's just like quite useful to have it just allows you to write down your targets um i'll try and upload another one of that but that's quite useful because it's editable and it's also free to make a Google account, so you could just, you know, make a Google account. But um, I'll I'll try and figure that out as well. Yeah, I think the main thing with that video, guys, is that you watch it because we talk you all through. I mean, everything. Like, so it's that it's really, it's that simple. And if you wanna, if you don't wanna use the worksheet, you can just write write down what we go through as we go through it. But yeah, we'll try and put up a different version of it that is um, fillable, inable. For everyone um okay let's get to the questions okay donna hi everyone i'm a newbie and i'm really looking forward to joining while binge listening to the entire podcast over the last four to six weeks i'll be turning 38 next month and i'm so excited to embark on a new lifestyle instead of constantly yo-yo dieting which is just exhausting at this point i'm so over it i'm also here for some muscle gain all of the muscle gain to achieve the look I've always wanted to achieve. Thank you so much for having me bring on the next eight weeks and beyond. Wow, I love that. It wasn't a question. Babe, that's because that's, that's the wrong post. <laughs> okay, I just thought I'd right, let you continue because um, <laughs> it just was really nice. She just let me go the whole thing. Okay, let's start again then, shall we? <clears throat> okay, here we go. Right. Hiya. I've been suggesting to my friend that she joins the EC method. However, she is very overweight and is so desperate, having tried for years to lose weight. She's now going for a gastric sleeve. And I wanted to ask you guys about your thoughts on this. I've told her to start listening to your podcast and she really needs to change her mindset around food. She snacks a lot and eats a lot of sweet things. She is about a size 20 five foot three and 49 years old she doesn't do much much exercise so i think that she would have to lose a bit before she could attempt your workouts i'm hoping that she'll join the ec after her surgery but if you have any suggestions thoughts or otherwise i'm going to pass it on thank you so much this is the fourth round for me i've not been great on the last one so i'm going to crack this one you guys are great and so funny yet wise that we are uh emma what are your thoughts on gastric band sleeves um so I think there's a bit of uh what's the right word? Bias towards them or negativity towards them as if they're a quick fix or like an easy solution. They're absolutely not. Like that is very serious surgery, which no one would be taken lightly, like should be taken lightly. And also she'll have been through psychological testing, spoken to numerous surgeons and 
it ideally no there are loads of side effects to having serious surgery like a gastric sleeve or a gastric band but in some cases it can work well and I think just understanding actually what happens there and it's not allowing you to just eat as much as you want and still like it's not a cheat to losing weight it will force you to eat less because your stomach has essentially been shrunk so that you can't possibly eat more and it reduces your hunger signals as well so for some people and we've spoken about this numerous times on previous podcasts but your drive to eat is extremely high so some people who are very overweight not only maybe have a genetic predisposition where their drive to eat is higher but that's combined with the fact that they're now resistant to leptin for example which is a hunger hormone which means that again their drive to eat is even higher than it already was it can be a really hard place to get out of and I can see why in some instances surgery is an option for them so I'm not like completely against it I would obviously rather people I mean when I say I would obviously rather people did it from like a lifestyle perspective you'll still need to do that like she will still need to do that she'll need a hell of a lot of support to do that so yeah join the EC method hopefully we can support you like once you've had your surgery or even now throughout that process But yeah, just bear in mind, I think some people hear about weight loss surgery and they're like, "Hmm, that's just a quick fix. That's just an easy way out. It's absolutely not. And for some people, it's a very useful tool. Yeah, I think um, it's important not to be too judgmental of what other people are going through and what other people's best options are, because it's not necessarily like blanket it's not the same for everyone and as Emma said some people absolutely every person can achieve their physique goals they can with the right it might be that they need medicinal support as well as lifestyle implementations but with the right support and implementations everybody can achieve their physique goal every single person but it is absolutely fair to say that genetically some people are predisposed to find it more difficult because they are naturally more sedentary um, some people, obviously, if, if we're going to talk about people who are going through very, in a very overweight situation, exactly what Emma was saying, then we start to talk about hormones having, you know, an effect on them. Like we say, leptin resistance, things like um, hunger cues just being completely thrown off whack, and it can be really, really difficult. So for some people, exactly what Emma said, the solution that might seem extreme to us is actually appropriate for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, exactly what Emma said again, you know, I don't I don't want to be judgmental because of everything I've just said, but would it be ideal to be able to achieve that with the support and implementation of, you know, lifestyle changes? Yeah. Surgery is a really big deal. But for, like I say, for some people, it is the appropriate option. Um, so yeah, just I mean, there are cases her. of people who <laughs> have this surgery, don't change their lifestyle and then essentially overeat again and reverse the surgery. Like you still have to change your lifestyle. It's not like you can have this and then you won't need to diet or exercise. It's like you can have this and it will make it easier for you to stick to your diet. That's essentially what yeah. you're doing. Agreed. Okay, so Lindsay, is it worth buying protein powder or is it better to get my protein intake from meat, fish, yogurt, etc.? Thank you. Um, so we want you guys to get your protein in, but also all of your nutrients in from a variety of sources, just because that means you're going to have a much more nutritional diet. Protein powder is a fantastic source of complete protein. 
it is a direct hit of essential amino acids, which is very high in leucine, which is an amino acid that we we want <laughs> you guys to be getting in. Um, so it is definitely a great option if you like it. However, if you don't enjoy protein powder and you don't, or you don't, you can't afford it because it is expensive, um, and you'd rather be getting your protein in from animal sources or plant-based sources we're also absolutely fine with that but it is fair to say yeah a varied diet is very nutritionally beneficial and protein powder is a fantastic source of protein um do you think protein powder is expensive it is yeah Compar- i just well, think like in comparison it's, it would be cheaper it would be cheaper to get your protein in from protein powder than chicken yeah, that's when you think about servings per what I don't know, what would you call it? Like per per like protein. If you were looking at like per twenty five gram serving of protein or something, protein powder is probably quite cheap. Yeah. But yeah, I get I completely agree with what you're saying. I'm just being obtuse because that's what I do. Um yeah, you do I, I would say do. <laughs> You do do that, yeah. Um I would say yeah, it's it's fine to have protein within your diet, uh protein powder. But yeah, we wouldn't want you to fully rely on just one source of protein. Um, someone's just asked, can no. you recommend one that tastes delicious? Uh, well, look, I'm sponsored by Grenade. And so I I get sent all of their protein powders. That's the protein powder I take. Um, but in total, if I'm going to be totally honest, I'm more likely to have a bar than a shake. Um, or they're like, I do their ready to drinks actually every morning with um, Rice Krispies. It's like my thing. It's picked up on Instagram. It's become a trend. I have um, seen so that. I really like, yeah, it's really good. I, they're ready to drink. So they've got a chocolate mint one, which is really, really good. And a fudge one. The others are a bit too sweet for me. But really, it's it's what everyone's different. Everyone likes a different flavor, different texture, different kind of protein powder. So, And they are all much of a muchness if you're just getting away. Yeah. I think just find the one that you think is tasty. I did have one the other day that was pistachio and I would not recommend. It was like oh, my, my protein pistachio. I thought, oh, this would be great. No, it wasn't great. So not that, but yeah. I I would just suggest not buying like five kilogram bags until you've tried them. Maybe just buy like yeah. the small bags, try it and then see which one you like. Uh, Laura just asking, are grenade bars complete protein too? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, typically any protein supplement that you'll see, whether it's a powder or a bar, is going to be using whey protein. What you kind of, I mean, so typically with like a scoop of, well, with, yeah, 25 grams of whey protein will pretty much be doing the trick. But then like if you're talking about an animal source of protein, you really want to get in, yeah, maybe around that 30 grams of protein per serving mark. It's probably better. Um, but these are all, like, these are quite, these are specific things which we can get to later. As it stands, just guys, again, read the Food Bible. Understand why there's an introduction to everything I write. Understand why we want you getting your protein in. Read the Food Bible. See all the different kind of sources that you can get it, you know, eggs, Greek yogurt, chicken, fish, protein powder, protein bars, whatever, and start to think about how in your breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, you can get your protein in throughout the day and have meals that you really enjoy. Because this is the trick, and this is what we're going to probably spend the next eight weeks talking about. Right off the bat, I want you guys going into this with an idea of what your day-to-day meals are going to look like. Breakfast you love, lunches you love, dinners you love, snacks you love. And I want you to be okay with getting into a routine with food, getting repetitive with food. You know, we want you to switch it up and get variety in there because like we say, 
that's nutritionally optimal. But there's no denying that if you get into a routine and a habit with the meals that you like, the food you enjoy, your diet is going to be incredibly easy to execute and you're not going to feel like you're dieting. So please, will all of you start thinking about that now? And if some of you are like, oh, it's really hard for me to get into a routine with food because I travel a lot, I'm on a commute all the time, da -da -da, meal prep. No, you don't all have to meal prep. I think this came from like the body coach, like said once, like all of you need to meal prep. We, you don't. Emma and I like rarely meal prep. Meal prep. But if you are on the road a lot and you know that you struggle, you get really hungry, you don't eat for five hours at a time and then you stop at a service station and get a McDonald's, yeah, you do need to meal prep because we really want you guys to get consistent with the diet. Agreed. <clears throat> okay, a couple of questions just popping up here. Julie, sorry, I'm going to ask a creatine question. Is there any time of day you should take it, i.e. right before or after your workout or does it not matter? And then Maz is saying, same, and creatine with a protein powder like impact diet way for brekkie. Is that okay? Fine. It doesn't really matter when yeah. you take creatine as long as you're taking it consistently. It doesn't work as, as much in an acute setting as what most people think. So I know that a lot yeah. of like pre-workouts have creatine in, fine. Like that's absolutely fine. But you don't need to be taking it around your workout and it actually takes a couple of weeks to saturate your muscle stores. And then the opposite way, like I think sometimes people stress if they miss like, oh, I missed my creatine one day, it's going to make no difference. Like it would probably take, I think the half-life is something like 30 days or something to get back to levels of pre-supplementation. So just be consistent with it. Whenever you're going to remember to take it, take it then. Yeah. Anything else? No, we're good. Okay. Um, Emma, hey, I work out from home, but I have quite heavy weights, a squat rack and a multi-gym. I don't, however, have all the machines that a typical gym would have. Do I do the home workout weighted plan or the gym plan? I would say um, try and do the gym plan and then find alternative exercises for the things that you can't do. But Emma, what do you think as you write the gym plans? Yeah, you, they, there might be like a couple of exercises that, well, all of them have alternatives. And the other thing about most exercises is there's nothing like secret or special about them. You'll get very similar benefits from doing barbell bench press as you will from doing dumbbell bench press as you will from doing the chest press machine. So don't overstress if you can't do it exactly the way it's programmed. And if you're worried or you want to know which swap would be useful to you or you can't do a certain exercise, just tag us and we'll give you alternatives. So yeah, I would try to do the gym ones. And yeah. I agree. I agree with all of that. Anything that you can't, that you can do on a machine, you can do with free weights and vice versa. I mean, well, there's an alternative for. Um, okay, Lindsay. Hi, I'm so excited to get started. I have a few social events this week, wine tasting and a birthday meal out for my partner. I wondered if I should track these as accurately as possible or just accept a surplus of some kind on these days. Thanks, Lindsay. So Lindsay, I would, I would honestly recommend a bit of both. I would say um, I, I'm a really big fan of pre-tracking. So go, let's say you've got this wine tasting on, you know, Friday, going into Friday and kind of putting in now how many kind of, well, wine tasting is really like just sips of, of different wines, but how many glasses of wine total you think you're going to really be having that day, having a look at kind of what that calorie um, 
intake is going to look like and starting to think about what you're going to eat before you go. Um, I I don't ever recommend that anybody fasts before any kind of event, especially a drinking event, because all that's going to happen is you're going to get there. You're going to be starving. You're going to be like, food, food, food. You're going to eat everything, especially if you're drinking on the way home. You're going to be like, stop for a kebab. Like, no, it's a really bad idea. But thinking about getting in like protein and veg, very, very satiating and also very low calorie and also very appropriate um, in the build up. So, you know, that you're going in having you know been fed, um, not feeling too hungry, um, having had a really nice kind of lower calorie, healthy food intake that day and then kind of letting the chips fall where they may. So you're going in with a bit of a plan and you're going in um trying to control it as best as possible but then once you get there understanding that you're at a wine tasting event and you might well go over calories and that's part of it um and and those are kind of the 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 tips and tricks that i typically would advise for clients i wouldn't at this stage given that we're in week one start talking about banking calories just yet i think what we need to do now is just kind of get your feet wet get you to kind of feel this out start to understand you know how this process is going to work and then maybe a bit later down the line we can talk about that kind of thing emma yeah i think my tip for going out or like meals out or meals that you don't know exactly what the calories are is just estimate and then if you're in a fat loss like if fat loss is your goal i would just add on a little bit like if you think realistically this meal is 500 calories i'd probably personally track it as 600 calories or allocate 600 calories to it because usually it's been cooked in a bit more oil usually the portion size is a little bit bigger and then you're giving yourself a little bit of leeway the other thing to remember is if if this is like not a frequent occurrence, if you very rarely go for wine tasting and you don't normally have a birthday meal out with your husband and maybe there's going to be five or six of these in the next eight weeks, try not to stress about it. If you're like, okay, well, actually, I do this on a weekly basis. We need to start like managing your calories over the week a little bit better so that we're still creating a deficit over the week. So frequency, I think, is quite important. And then like perspective, basically, like Chloe's talking about banking calories. Yeah, like I I completely agree. Like we're only in week one, but that is a way to do it. Okay, so let's really consider your total calories over the week. And remember, the targets that we've set you are all weekly averages. So we don't want you to veer too far off those. But realistically, if you eat a little bit more one day, you can eat a little bit less the next day. What we don't want to happen is you're like, right, I know I've got a big weekend, so I'm just going to eat 1200 calories all week and then eat as much as I want on the weekend. And that turns into a bit of a over restriction, overindulgence type cycle. So we want to avoid that, but doing it like without going to those extremes is a really useful way to manage calories. And Chloe and I do that as well. Like my diet during the week is pretty basic, pretty standard, slightly lower calories than it would be on the weekend. And that's just a simple way to manage calories. And if you've got something like a wine tasting, you might be like, well, I might eat 100, 200 calories less for the few days before that so that I have a bit more leeway on the day. But yeah, don't don't like overthink it. And really coming back to mindset, what's gonna affect you more is how you respond to that. If you think I did a wine tasting this week, so basically the rest of the week, there's no point dieting or there's no point like sticking to my calories. Or I went over my calories that day and I know that I can't bring my average back. So I'll just like not diet for the rest of the week. It's your response to these things that impacts your results, not really the occasion itself. So bear that in mind as well. And again, that comes with like perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, Helen, have you got any tips for tracking calories while eating out? 
I usually out want, eat out once a week and I find it hard to gauge nutrition for restaurant meals. I find MFP has such wildly different suggestions on calories for meals. So yeah, like I say, I, I like to track in advance. So go in and think about what I'm going to order. Um, some menus will have calorie breakdowns both online and or on the menu themselves. So that's a nice way to do it. Another option is just to put in the meal that you're having, like spaghetti carbonara. And then obviously, like you say, my fitness pal will then pull up loads of different spaghetti carbonaras from all over the world, right? A really, and this is something, this is a skill that comes with tracking. And I want you guys not to just like blindly track. I want you to pay attention. I want you to start to learn about calories and, and food and macronutrients and food. It's really important. And eventually, you know, in an ideal world, I'd want all my clients to come away from tracking eventually. But that's once they've learned the skill. So pay attention. I would say, for example, just and this is just experience talking here if you're talking about a normal portion of a spaghetti carbonara that would probably be anywhere between five to eight hundred calories and just this is this like i say this is a skill so in advance put it in choose the one that you think you know based on what you've learned and what you know at this point looks the most accurate and 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 get it in another option is that you you go from scratch which is that you put all the ingredients that you know are going to be in this dish in there. But that is, you know, it's going to take a minute. Can I speak to the chef just about exactly what ingredients are in this? Yeah, that might be. (laughs) That is going to, you know, that again is is probably an even harder skill than than kind of calorie guesstimation, accurate calorie guesstimation-ish. So, yeah, and I would just say, don't think that because you're eating out, oh, I I can't track it. I don't think my fitness part is going to be accurate. That's just your brain tricking you into not being accountable and not sticking to your diet. The beauty Mm. of tracking, and I think that a lot of you will learn this hurdle quickly, a lot of clients think when they're new to tracking that that's the diet. They're Just because they're tracking now, they're on a diet. And it's like, no, no, no. We still need to come up with a a daily food intake that is going to hit the numbers that we want to hit for you, your protein targets, your your calorie targets. You still need to get into routine with your diet. You still need to be consistent with your diet. Tracking should only come to the fore when it needs to. That's the beauty of it. Flexible dieting is that you don't have to be like, oh, I'm on a keto diet, so I can't eat this, and I can't go there, and I can't do that, or I'm fasting. so No, it's not like that. It's like, oh, I'm tracking. I'm flexible dieting. I can go and have that. But that doesn't mean that every day or every meal of every day or four times a week, it's just like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. You know, we, this is a tool that, that we use when we need to, but but not frequently, if that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the other thing as well is don't get too bogged down in the numbers. Like, close example there. If the carbonara is somewhere between 500 and 800 calories and you're having that once a week, and let's say you put 500 calories in, it was actually 800 calories, 300 calories more over the week is going to make absolutely no difference to your weight loss like again it comes to perspective and really the benefit of tracking is accountability it's being accountable to what you're putting in your body and then from there we can make changes it gives us a bit of data to make changes from but you're right in that my fitness pal isn't accurate food labels aren't accurate and actually there are so many inaccuracies that come into calorie tracking that really what we want you to get from it is awareness of food and accountability to what you're putting in your body those behaviors like that's what we want you to get out of it because yeah like my fitness pal isn't accurate food labels aren't they're allowed to be 20 percent off like it isn't accurate but it doesn't need to be accurate it needs to be consistent and you need to have something to be accountable for 
that's the whole secret behind calorie tracking. It's not really the specific number. It's the consistency and it's the accountability. Yeah. Think of it as a, instead of like an acute number, like a, a decimal point that you have to hit every day or every week, think of it more like a bracket. You want to consistently be making sure that you're hitting around about ish your calories, that you're hitting around about ish your protein. And we'll use the word time and time and time again, consistency, not, oh, I did great for three days or, oh, I did great for a week. Like this is a this is like healthy eating and and I'm sorry to say it, eat, even eating a calorie appropriate diet, diet is important for all of us for the rest of our life. So start to think of it like that now. This is a lifestyle change that I need to make for my own health, for my my own investment in my own future. And I'm going to start to try and learn this. I think again a lot of people right in the beginning are going to be like they're going to see it's like a race. Like oh my god, it's been a week and I haven't lost a pound. Oh my god, it's like stop. We're, what actually we need to do here is we need to start to look at your life we need to start to look at your relationship with food your social life what you enjoy and we need to start to figure out how can we implement these lifestyle changes that you can keep up for the rest of your life and enjoy um and i want everybody to start to think of it like that as opposed to by week one i want to have lost 2.5 pounds because that's just a recipe for disaster agreed and i think that's such a good way to put it like you will always need to eat in accordance to your energy needs and because our environment is changing so much in terms of how calorically dense many foods are it's becoming harder and harder to do that so an awareness of how many calories are in food is actually quite important so that you don't become obese in an obesogenic environment which for some reason is quite a controversial thing to say but that's just the it shouldn't be i'm sorry like you can be on a fat loss diet and we can put you on calorie appropriate like calories (laughs) sorry struggling to talk today uh we can put you on a calorie appropriate diet for a fat loss goal and you can still have like untracked meals out where you enjoy your life and you're you know you can for an evening be like you know what i'm not quote unquote dieting tonight like that's fine is it probably going to slow down your rate of loss a little bit yes it probably will is it maybe better if we wait until we're coming out of fat loss, we're increasing calories, and then we start to give you untracked meals throughout the course of the week? Probably, yeah, but it doesn't matter either which way. It's You don't always have to be hamstrung by quote-unquote diets. That's not what Emma and I are saying. But you do always have to be mindful of your health. And you do, and mental health as well as physical health, and you do always have to make sure that if you do decide to have a night out where you are like, fuck it, I want to go out, it's my birthday, day, fine. But in the days after, you make sure that you go and get a walk in. You go for your workout. You try and get back into a nice, healthy routine with food. This is called being an adult. This is called being responsible. You know, you can't just, I'm not just going to not come back from Ibiza because I'm having way more fun out here than I do in Northampton every day. I still have to go the fuck home. Like, and it's the same thing. Like, we need you guys to start thinking about this. Like, no, I'm a grown up. I'm an adult. I'm entitled to have fun. But I also have to take care of myself. Yeah, agreed. And I guess as well, like your your body's going to account for everything anyway. So whether you track it or not, like whether it's an quote unquote untracked meal or not, it's kind of irrelevant. Like your body will track those calories. It will account for those calories. It will account for energy balance. And this is why as well, we know that, you know, just from basic physiology, it's it's not possible to not be losing weight on very, very low calories. So when people come to us and they're like, I'm eating a thousand calories a day and I'm not losing weight they're not able to stick to that long term completely like no judgment there we couldn't stick to eating that low calories long term 
but it's the the notion and that's been fed by diet culture or someone's told them that they need to drop their calories that low or for some reason they're they're trying to over restrict but you know from an energy balance perspective like your body will account for what it's given and what it expends and once you like truly understand that then you kind of like the stress of it is taken away a little bit because you're not like oh something else is going on my metabolism's broken or trying to like lower and lower and lower your calories you're just like okay on average over time I need to create a deficit to lose body fat and that's that perspective thing as well you're not stressed about having one meal out because you know that as long as you can create a deficit on average you will be losing body fat right we've got quite a lot of questions on the live right quickie do you think fasted workouts are better no it's whatever you feel whatever you prefer yeah agreed i think if you are going to do a fasted workout we would much prefer that you eat straight after so if you do intend to do your workouts fasted please make sure that you're having some protein after your workout uh second question i do three times strength training group sessions a week and really enjoy the social side of going to group classes as sorry as i work out at home on my own during the week I'm aiming to do five workouts a week. Am I okay to continue doing the three classes? They are normally full body. And then would you recommend two of the home workouts? If so, which ones? Thank you. Very excited to get going. Yeah, that's fine. Fine by me. It's- yeah, I think you're doing, I've noticed this is a thing now, which I'm actually, I, I am I am happy about because I feel like it's, it's a fast that people are doing like strength or like hypertrophy sessions groups now which is interesting. Um, I think, yeah, three full bodies in in that group environment is fantastic. With your other two sessions, I would probably say, uh, she says she works out at home, doesn't she? Yeah, two home workouts on top of the three strength. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know what? I would say just, yeah, pick two two of the home-weighted workouts or two of the home-bodyweight workouts that take your fancy because if you're doing three full bodies a week, in terms of like equal training that's fine yeah and that might sound like wishy-washy advice but actually like to a large extent it doesn't matter like you will have already stimulated those all of your muscles important muscle groups in those workouts now there's two ways you could approach this you could do like what what I would do is probably like my weakest areas that I want to work on I'd be like okay this one hits shoulders and I'd really like to work on my shoulders so I'm going to do that workout or you could rotate through them and just yeah so there's four or five home workouts just rotate through them last week you did that one this week you'll do this one it doesn't hugely matter most of the home workouts are pretty full body anyway and doing three full body a week and yeah you're fine yeah they're really just bonuses if you're hitting three strength training sessions a week okay charlotte hi i have got into the habit over the past one year of intermittent fasting 16 8 but basically just not eating until lunchtime each day. I'm not hungry at breakfast and I train fasted in the morning. Am I fine to continue to do this on the plan? It hasn't affected my training and I feel like I have more concentration in the mornings. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy for you guys to be doing, it's not actually intermittent fasting, it's called time-restricted feeding, 16-8. And the only reason I say that is because typically if somebody says I'm intermittent fasting, what I hear is a 24-hour fast. Um, But 16-8, I'm absolutely more than fine with. You'd be amazed at the amount of bodybuilders. (laughs) You know, you typically come from a background of feeling like they need to eat every two hours um, who do this and have great physique results. And I, I think if it works for you, that's fine. 
What I would say is, I don't exactly what Emma said with one of the other questions. I'm fine for you guys to train fasted if you feel strong, you feel like you have a good session, you feel happy doing it, that's absolutely fine. But I would really like you to be getting in your post-workout meal then after the session. Emma actually did a really good post on this, I think it was this morning. It doesn't matter whether you have your pre-workout meal or your post-workout meal. Really what we want is for you guys to be getting your meals in every three to five hours, your high-protein meals in every three to five hours, to spike muscle protein synthesis, which is going to aid your physique results. And if you're in fat loss as well, it's also going to aid your satiety and your hunger levels, how you manage your hunger throughout the day. So it is important every three to five hours, but it's actually really not important whether you eat before your workout or after your workout, as long as you're doing the former. I would say if you're doing, if you're training fasted and then you're done, I would really like you to break that fasting window and eat. Um, it, in my opinion, it is important, not only for physique, but also just for recovery. Um, and yeah, th those are my thoughts on it. Emma, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think I would rather if you are training fasted that you would even just a protein shake. Like and really one of yes. the benefits that you're probably getting from this time restricted feeding is habitual really. It's managing your calories more than anything else. So although you might be quote unquote breaking the fast and you're not technically sticking to this sixteen eight rule, it doesn't really matter. And and especially if it's something set, it's like I have a protein shake after my workout, cool. I still technically don't eat anything if you want to think about it like that. Like I don't have my first meal until lunchtime. And most protein shakes are what, like 100, 150 odd calories. Like it's not going to add a huge amount. So if you want to do it that way, fine. You can then also argue like Chloe's saying, a lot of bodybuilders do um, time restricted feeding. And it's probably not quote unquote optimal, but you still get incredible results doing it. So if it works for you, like you just have the knowledge that yeah this probably isn't optimal will there be any real world difference like would you be able to tell physically that for the next eight weeks you ate a protein or you had a protein shake after your workout or you didn't i would dispute that like i'm not 100 percent sure on a on a like physiological level we know that in theory that would aid muscle protein synthesis that would give your body these amino acids that would help build protein in a window that's probably more optimal for your muscle building goals but whether that has real world significance you could debate but in my head I'm like why not do it because it's not really costing you anything to do it like that is uh, the, that is in theory the best it, way to do it so I would just do it that way yeah it, I mean it, look if you're gonna put the effort in and do the workout then don't don't potentially gamble with how good the results could be thereafter do you know what i mean just yeah like i say again those grenade ready to drinks very easy stick them in the fridge do your workout damn it damn yeah it. what's that 200 odd calories yeah yeah much and they're really tasty actually much the chocolate much, mint uh... guys stop it yeah they're much tastier than uh, when you make your own protein shake with water which is pretty vile <laughs> This is why I rarely, rarely drink, like, make my own protein shake ever anymore. I'm just like, oof. No. One bad experience, and, and, and it's always going to be a challenge thereafter. I don't think I've ever had a, like, protein shake with water that tasted nice. Oh, no, not with water. You know, This is why you need, like, oats, peanut butter, yeah. ice, milk, blend it. <laughs> Have we got anything else? Yeah. Um, I'm going on holiday and can only do home body weight for the next 10 days. I can pack a mat and a resistance band. <laughs> Great. 
Is there anything else I need for these? Uh, no, just a band, really. Yeah, and a mat would be good. And But yeah, you'll get absolutely awesome workouts in with a band. And I think some people are a little bit scared of home workouts or think they won't get as good results. But one, for 10 days, absolutely fine. And two, most of us aren't actually that good at bodyweight exercises and could probably do with getting a bit yeah. better at them. Like I And I say that myself. Like I was surprised at the results I managed to get at home with just a band, a pull-up bar, and obviously my body uh, during lockdown. Like you, you can get really, really good results. And if you take it back and you think about what's stimulating this muscle and you kind of like take away all the overcomplication of exercise and you're like, right, what do I need to do to build muscle? I need to create a stimulus on this muscle. Can you do that with bodyweight exercises? Yes, absolutely you can. So don't overthink it, don't overstress about it. And in some ways I kind of like it, like it's putting something that's maybe a slightly different way of exercising. And if it's just for 10 days, then just see it as a bit of a challenge. It is it is challenging and it is a skill and it really will require like full body kind of engagement, strength, fitness. Um, and it is, it, look, in lockdown, we all learn, it got quite boring quite quickly, but for like a 10 day window kind of physical challenge, it's fun, like definitely have fun with it. Uh, yeah, what? it is It is slightly tedious, isn't it? Like, bodyweight I mean, exercise does it, get boring, but over 10 days, fine. 10 days is fine. Yeah, okay. Um, can I ask a question about goals? Yes, yes, you may. It's round two for me, and my goal is weight loss. When I think about why, it's mostly associated with how others see me. I guess it's about confidence. Being slim, toned, and having a better physique will give me confidence. Also, loving the energy and health benefits, but they're secondary right now. I know I shouldn't look for external validation, and I tell my kids that the opinion of others doesn't matter. So how do I change this mindset and goal to match my values? Hope that makes sense. (laughs) What a question. That's a really good question. I find that really interesting. Like, most of us, I think there's two ways to answer this. Like, yes, we shouldn't always be looking for external validation but I also think that's partly human nature like the only way that anyone's anything Mm -hmm. is in comparison to someone else so really like you're only lean in comparison to general population you're only overweight in comparison to general population like you're only rich in comparison to general like you're only a nice person in comparison to what the norm is so I think to some extent like some comparison is normal and inevitable and I don't think we can truly get away from any comparison whatsoever But I do think like it's very interesting and I'm glad that you've like introspected that actually you want to look a certain way because you think that other people care about that. And and really, actually, what you've said is you want to be confident, which confident, which has nothing to do with other people. That's how you feel about yourself. So I don't know if there is that much external validation going on here, like even though you've said you think that it's associated with how others see you and I would question that as well like if you took what I had a discussion about this with Emil but I can't remember exactly what the conclusion we came to was but it's it's essentially about if you took the traits about yourself away that you think other people care about what's left so like if you went into if you go and meet some people in Ibiza today but you don't tell them anything that's like attack uh attached to your identity so you're like you're not into fitness you're not a coach you're not chloe madeley like you're you just come in as like different name different job 
nothing you don't really say anything and it's just who you are as a person do people still like you and then it kind of proves to you like okay actually as much as I thought that being Chloe Maidley was really important it's actually just like it's not anything that comes with that identity it's actually just who I am and it's not the fact that I look a certain way or I have a certain job or like I have a certain husband or my parents are certain people or that I've written a book or like anything about that like it's actually just you as a person (laughs) so that was quite a deep answer (laughs) um yeah look I think let's just call a spade a spade it's human nature to care what other people think about you it is you know it's very rare and it takes probably years and years and years of self-work to get to a point where you truly can be one of those people who stands up and says I do not care what anybody thinks about me that is you know a difficult skill to master in a western world it just is um now what's What's interesting is that while you work on that, which is one thing, I do think that we need to take a step back and objectively look at your lifestyle and also, you know, look at your body. Do you train? Do you eat healthy? Are you significantly overweight? Like what? Let's objectively look at your body and and then decide do you really need to be losing weight? Do you really need to be doing body to be losing body fat? Or is this just an arbitrary goal that you've given yourself? Because as a woman in the Western world, we're trained and conditioned to think that that's all we should be ever fucking doing is trying to change our bodies. Come to this conclusion and then we can determine the goal. Because if you don't have significant body fat to lose, we don't need to have a fat loss goal. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to have a health and fitness goal or a performance goal or any, I mean, any, it can be anything. It can be as broad spectrum like health and fitness or as specified like hypertrophy or strength or marathon running as you want. Um, but I absolutely think it's a very fucking good point to raise, especially this early in the round for all of you, absolutely every single person that's just signed up to the EC method to take a step back and objectively look at your life and how active you are and what your dietary intake is like and say, do I really need to be losing body fat right now should this really be my goal or do I just think this should be my goal because of societal norms and really think about that because I'll tell you now if you think now you know if you're not thinking about it now in two three four weeks time you will be and you'll be thinking about it because you're either struggling really not enjoying it or finally coming to the conclusion four weeks later why do I even have a fat loss goal like I'm already a size 10 12 like I'm fine like what the fuck so yeah. it is definitely a question that all of you should be asking yourselves. Yeah, like, is this society's goal for me or is this my goal for myself? Yeah. And in exactly. so many aspects of truth, of life, that's true, right? Like, even, like, work life and things. Like, is this actually what I want or is this just what is deemed successful or how women should appear? And I think with the confidence yeah. thing as well, like, people are more confident when they're in good shape not because they're in good shape but because they've achieved something that's really freaking hard to do and you get a lot of confidence from yourself when you're like I set myself this goal that potentially for a lot of people that join the EC method like you've been dieting your whole life and you've been struggling fat loss your whole life and when you achieve that you're more confident and the reason you're more confident is because you've shown up for yourself you've said you were going to do something and then you followed through and you've done it like that gives you confidence yeah. and you would sometimes attribute that to the fact that you're leaner it's got nothing to do with your body fat percentage it's got everything to do with doing something that's hard and doing it well and and achieving that that's what gives you the confidence 
Yeah. And anybody that listened to the podcast episode that Emma and I did, I fell in love with what I do now. And I started to fit my anxiety started to get better and my confidence started to grow because of I'm, I'm sorry at how unsexy and boring this might sound to some of you. But I fell in love with weightlifting and the routine and the discipline and the consistency and the dedication that it took changing my diet to see if it would also change my body. And again, the routine, the consistency, the discipline, the dedication, these are things that made me feel better. It didn't have anything to do with how I was looking because anybody who starts weightlifting and changes out knows it takes months like, to see even anything. But it took days for me to fall in love with the process and feel better about it because it was the process. So amazing point by Emma. And I completely second that. Okay, Louise. Um, she's asking for any tips for starting right when I have no scales or resistance bands. So she's, she's on holiday and she says, sorry, I missed the beginning as got the time wrong. Don't worry, we changed it yesterday. <laughs> sorry if you've covered this like chloe i'm on holiday this is my first round of the ec method any tips for some success in the first two weeks when i can't weigh food and only have resistance bands but yeah let's go yeah, some... think... sorry almost knocked my what? coffee over let's go through some uh hol holiday tips holiday hacks um okay so absolutely look if you can't weigh food um and you're on holiday um i would honestly just say let's start making some really smart decisions okay so we want most, well, we want all of your meals to be built around either protein and veg or protein and fruit. And the reason we want to do this is because we want you guys to get in your amino acids. We want you guys to get in your micronutrients, which is your vitamins and minerals, your fiber, especially if you have a fat loss goals, these are going to be very satiating meals. Add to that, they're incredibly nutritious, incredibly, it's an incredibly nutritious, incredibly healthy way to start to structure your diet. Um, add to that, if you have physique goals, these are important things to be doing as well. Um, so I would say start making smart choices. Now, if you would like to simultaneously start tracking alongside this, you can start doing what we call eyeballing. Now, like I said before, this is a skill, but you can start to try, you know, you have a chicken breast, you have a salad, you have a, a tablespoon of olive oil dressing, whatever, X, Y, Z. Get to the end of the day and you start looking at kind of what your daily calorie intake is looking like. And you think, oh, wow, I'm only on 1400 calories. And I know that that's quite low, even for a fat loss goal. I can have a glass of wine or I can have dessert. You start to learn about how to eat healthily, eat calorie appropriate meals, and then understand that that doesn't mean that you can never have the thing that you at this moment in time would consider a treat. Because at the end of the day, we are talking about energy balance here. It is just calories in, be calories out. In terms of your expenditure, I would say start to make sure now that you're getting in in an ideal world, like 10K steps a day. So go for a walk if you want. You know, you're on holiday. Go for a nice long swim. 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. Just get active. Get moving. It's incredibly good for you. The human body is meant to be moving most hours of the day, believe it or not. Um, this is a good thing to start to do now. And in terms of workouts, if all you've got is your body, I would just do this. What I'm doing at the moment in our hotel gym because it's absolutely rammed and there's never any weights doing like hitting at different parts of your body so what i'll do is i'll do like um squat jumps and then i'll do push-ups and then i'll do tricep dips i'll do sit-ups and i'm basically trying to hit my left i'll do uh, unweighted hip thrusts and glute bridge holds so i'm basically trying to hit my lower body my core my upper body and i'm just doing a circuit of that for 20 minutes and i'm done um and that's you know a really good way to do it emma yeah, I think something like that, which you can do in your hotel room 
or wherever you're staying yeah. and get up early and do it i would suggest so get up early start your day right maybe go for a little walk do a quick workout it doesn't need to be long 15 20 minutes and then get on with your day and the other tip for that and starting your day right is that you will naturally make better decisions throughout the day because you've already sort of invested in your goal and the more that you invest in something the less likely that you're going to want to quote unquote waste that investment it's kind of like using your own like biases for your own benefit there where okay I've started my day right I've already done a couple of things that are pushing me towards that goal I'm now not going to eat way too much at, at lunch or way too much at dinner or over drink in the evening so something like that obviously you can't be massively perfect while you're away but actually getting into a decent routine when when you're out there enjoying yourself and then getting into a good routine when you get back as well is going to be really important but I'm also massively impressed that you're like I'm not waiting for the next round I'm just going to start yeah I'm on holiday so what and this is what we really want to get across our whole approach is that you live your life while you get results you don't put your life on hold for eight weeks to do this program because that just inevitably you're just going to put the weight back on when you go back to your quote-unquote normal life okay um someone's just asking sorry i missed the start of this live uh where are the questions from such announcement page if so won't bother you again um or has this already been answered? I think uh, I think what you mean is where's the pinned post? So it, actually, this is a good sort of admin point to cover. Anything that Chloe and I say that's important will pin to the top of the page. So all the files are pinned, the video is pinned, the announcement post is pinned. Those are all the things that if you're just coming on, you're like, I don't really know where to start. Lots of people are commenting, go to the pinned posts. That's the, anything that you need to see will be pinned. Anything else is just then, like fun. Announcements posts. Yeah, and also because all the files are there. And like I said, we want you to read all the files. Like, I promise you, like we go through, I, pro- I promise it's really open and shut, digestible sentences. Like, this is why we want you to get your protein in. Here's a list of proteins. This is why we want you to get your veg in. Here's some ideas for meals with high veg. Like, I mean, it's important and we want you to read it. And then the tracking guide as well. It's kind of a supplement to the video we did. But it just talks you through how to download My Fitness Pal and also talks you through why do we want you tracking? Why is that preferable to going keto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Kate. Hi, just getting my head around the plan and wanted to confirm that there is no additional cardio on top of the minimum three strength workouts a week. Also, when timing carbohydrates around workouts, does that include timing fruit and veg as well as starchy carbs? And when would you have carbs on rest days? Thank you both. Okay, so, oh, there's so much on that question. So the first thing is, make sure, huh? (laughs) There's a lot to unpack here. I know there's a lot to unpack. Make sure that all of you read the details tab at the top of all the workouts, because in my workout specifically, I talk about if you want to do cardio, this is it. If you already do cardio and you enjoy it, and this is me, I even when I'm not in the fat loss phase, whatever, I finish every single workout I do with 10 to 20 minutes of cardio because I like it, I enjoy it, it's good for me. Um, and I'm a big believer that both, you know, resistance training and cardiovascular health are both important, right? The physiologically important. So I always finish my training sessions with some cardio. That doesn't mean that any of you have to do that. If you don't want to and you 
take cardio, that's fine. This is why we give you minimum step counts, because it's all about energy balance, which means we want your expenditure to be exceeding what your intake is. And as long as you hit your step counts, you're going to do that. So you don't have to do any added cardio. I personally like to do it. You don't have to do it. I have one-on-one clients who will do two to three spin classes a week, and that's it. And they love it. And it, even if it doesn't, it's got nothing to do with, you know, a fat loss goal or hyper, they just love it. They do it. That's fine. All I would say is make sure that you get stable and consistent with the cardio amount that you're doing so that as and when you need to check in with us or something's working or something's becoming a problem, we know how much cardio you're doing and we have that data and we can help you. So I would say start on the smaller side. I would say be consistent with it um, and we can use it as a tool or, you know, deduct or add to it as and when we need to. So that's why I would start with cardio. Now, recarbohydrates, I think what you're what you're referring to is in the new intro to nutrition file. I say if you're, you know, carbohydrates are probably going to be preferable around workouts because carbohydrates are the body's preferred energy source. And if you want to go in and have like a fucking killer leg day or full body session, you know, getting in some, I don't know, oats and protein powder pre-workout, you've got a nice slow release carbohydrates source that you're going to have a good session however you don't have to eat carbohydrates at any time of day ever this is all about we want you hitting your calorie targets we want you hitting your protein targets we're not remotely fussed about how many carbs you eat in a day a rest day a training day that's completely on you what we really want is calories and protein carbohydrates have but fuck nothing to do with how in shape you are okay it is just a nutrient so make sure that you watch the video because we do talk about uh, carbohydrates in the pin video like pretty ad nauseum so go and watch that um and we also want you having minimum fat targets as well so you i think i think the main answer here is go and watch the video yeah yeah <laughs> Emma, definitely watch the video because it just explains everything in a condensed way that should all make sense obviously if you have questions after that ask away but it's just very nicely put on the video so please 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 go and watch that um <clears throat> yeah. totally agree we re cardio especially if you enjoy it like generally any exercise that you enjoy we don't want you to cut out so if you're like oh like, i really enjoy going to crossfit do i need to stop doing that no of course not but we do need to know if you're like i'm training for a marathon and you haven't told us and we're like i think you should start on 1600 calories probably a really yeah. bad idea so just yeah just be sensible and make sure that we know what you're doing and make sure that you're balancing your exercise and there might be periods where we do say you might need to cut your cardio if you're doing excessive amounts and your hunger's ramping up. And you're, basically, if you're not getting the results that you want and you're overdoing it and you're not recovering well enough, then maybe we bring it back down. But yeah, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with cardio, of course. And it's of huge benefit. And actually feeling fit is such a nice feeling. So you get a hell of a lot yeah. from as much as some people don't like the idea of cardio. Actually, once you start doing it, it's actually quite enjoyable. Yeah, but and then so exactly that. But if you if you're coming into this like, oh, I do five spin classes a week because I think I have to to be in shape. Well, no, this is when we can rein it in. So, yeah, it's really it's about preference and it's about the individual. If you want a little bit more of a steer in terms of how much you're doing, how much you'd like to be doing, what your goal is, tag us. And that's that's why we're here. We'll coach you. Yeah, a little bit of a red flag question here that links to that, which I actually don't think is a red flag in this, but you'll see what I mean. So. She says, I usually swim or run a few times a week. I guess these are just over, uh, like on top of my three to five strength workouts. So that part, yes. And then she says, I do these so I can be a bit less accurate on calories. If you're saying it like that, like, oh yeah, you know, I do them because I know it's going to expend a little bit more energy. 
fine. But what we don't want is you being like, I need to punish myself for the fact that I enjoyed some food yesterday by forcing myself to do cardio. Like, then you're just ruining exercise for yourself and that's quite a negative mindset to get into. I don't think that is this individual, but I'm just bringing that up as a point as well, like where cardio or like thinking about exercise in that way can be a negative. But if you're like, yeah, do you know what? It just like, I kind of enjoy it and it allows me to be a little bit more, like it essentially allows me to eat a little bit more because I'm expending a little bit more, fine. But I would also counter that and say, well, I did a 20 minute swim, so I burned probably Five calories. an extra 100 calories. And then I went out to eat and had 900 calories, but it's okay because I did my 20 minute swim. No, because, and, and Emma says this all the time, and it's 100% accurate. And I'm so sorry to upset anybody who doesn't already know this. The amount of energy that you're expending via cardio, unless you're a professional athlete, which is a whole other kettle of fish. Um, is um, pretty minimal comparatively to the amount of food that you can throw down in a 10 minute setting, trust me. So I would much rather that you were getting accurate with your calorie intake and then then being like an amazing endurance athlete so that you didn't have to be accurate with your calorie intake. Because I'll tell you now, the only people, and Emma says, talks about this a lot on her social media, of course you can out-train a bad diet if you're a fucking athlete. 99.9% of the population ain't out training their shit diet. And so I would embrace that sooner rather than later. <laughs> it's yeah, a bad and, strategy. <clears throat> the same is kind of true with like post-workout nutrition and things like that, where you're like, well, if an athlete does it, must be good enough for me. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't need to do it because we're training three or four times a week. Like there's not the same need to refuel straight after your workout because you don't have another workout in two hours time or you don't have like a match the next day and need to recover for that so yeah don't just look at elite athletes and think oh well if they're drinking carbohydrate drinks during their workouts I should do that and it's like no fat loss is your goal you've actually just consumed more calories in your workout than you expended and that's not of benefit so yeah things to be aware of are how inaccurate your Fitbit is as well in terms of calorie expenditure and actually I don't know if we've mentioned this already but if you're using that, like turn it off or don't let it add those calories to my fitness pal. Like that's somewhere, yeah. something that a lot of people like forget to do or don't do and then wonder why they're not losing weight. And it's so frustrating because they're doing everything like right on paper, but they're not getting results because it says that they've expended an extra 600 calories when then realistically they haven't done that. And if you eat those back, you won't be losing weight. So turn that off, turn that sure. function off. I first of all I agree with that and I also have a question for Emma the only tech tracking that we want you guys doing is my fitness pal calories in just what you're eating your calories in and steps don't do not let link anything so that added calories are made up because of how much you burned in X session because okay bye bye deficit and <laughs> you're not going to get the results you want bye bye fat um, loss and- <laughs> It's it's so incredibly inaccurate how many calories you're burning in a day. It's just no. Emma, what is your take on the aura ring? Because I know that a lot of our friends wear them and love them. And oh. I'm just like... Chloe, no exaggeration. Like I would say three or four times a week, I get a screenshot of Emile's aura ring being like, didn't sleep well last night. I'm like, great. Really, like, really interesting uh, information. I think it can be I useful. Can't have this conversation 
And then you love it when you get a text on your phone. You're like, I don't want to have this conversation. Like, oh, yeah. So I think they can be useful to some people. I actually think they're actually quite negative to a lot of people. So for example, I don't have sleep problems. So I think tracking my sleep, like, well, one is is pointless. And then two, sometimes I think people who know they have sleep problems and they're like, oh, I should start tracking my sleep. It just adds more stress to them. They're like, oh God, this is telling me that I only slept for X hours last night or that I don't have a readiness score that's, you know, in the top 80% or whatever. And what does that mean? Like, how are you going to act on that data and where's it come from? And is it useful to you? And I think, huh? How accurate is it? Like, if you go to a sleep clinic, and I I know because I've been to one, the way that they measure your sleep is not from some piece of metal or strap on any part of your body. You have, like, full-on, like, helmet, wire, crate. Yeah, it's like the way that they measure REM sleep and deep wave sleep is immeasurable from a piece of something around your finger. It's not accurate. And this is what I don't get. I'm like... When, where, and how did anybody come out and say this is going to accurately measure your sleep? And also, yeah, why does it fucking matter how much REM sleep you had via deep wave sleep? Unless you are like, oh, I'm going to the Olympics and I want to make sure that like, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's overcomplicating things massively. Massively. Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> and it was, I mean, it gets more, like, the sleep thing's one thing, but people, what's becoming more and more available are things like, continuous glucose monitoring which I think is actually quite a problem because people don't know how to respond to that and there's this still this assumption that high glucose is a bad thing and I'm like no that means that you've eaten some food like it's completely normal for your glucose levels to rise after you've eaten food and then drop again like that that's what's meant to happen and yet I think when people wear these monitors they're like the aim is to keep glucose as low as possible and it's just not true yeah. How, how much blood glucose you have is directly reflective of how much glu- of how much glucose is in your diet it makes no sense to me i don't understand that like the lumen thing i'm like we just need more regulation in in the industry <clears throat> yeah yeah okay right next question victoria hi i have a small amount of fat to lose and want to build more muscle I'm not new to weight training, but haven't been using progressive overload or watching nutrition. Should I be working at deficit or maintenance calories level? Thanks. If you have a small bit of body fat to lose and your training is about to pick up, I would start at a deficit and I would aim to be out. I would aim to be really consistent with your diet, really consistent with your training and to get out of fat loss as quick as possible so we can bring you up to maintenance um, and start working on your performance and long-term physique results that's what i'd want to do with you get in get consistent get out and then kind of start to progress you into more long-term physique focus if that's where your you know where your vibe is yeah agreed although i do think some people are often in this position and really like they have a very small amount of fat to lose which probably would come off or like basically that they don't have much fat to lose, but they just want to build a bit of muscle. Like they're like, oh, I'd like to be yeah. leaner, but actually the way to getting leaner is building more muscle. So you could sit, I mean, if, if this was me, I'd probably sit around maintenance and err on the side of a little bit of a deficit with caution yeah, um, and just keep resistance training. And, and I think you'll get, I know you're not new to resistance training, but doing these new workouts, having this new focus, and making sure that you're like hitting those protein targets as well consistently 
sleeping enough, recovering well enough, like I think that you'll see really, really good results. Agreed. Okay, the band is back together. To maximize muscle protein synthesis, you need 25 to 50 grams of protein every three to five hours. How much is the effect reduced if you only have, say, 30 minutes or an hour between having 25 to 50 grams of protein? Um, so, they, do you want to talk about the, pro, the protein refractory period or shall I? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it's well, overcomplicating, right? I want to right? it. Yeah. Um, look. <laughs> Once we spike muscle protein synthesis, there is what, what ensues then in the body is a period called the protein refractory period, which essentially just means that any more added protein is not going to have that effect. It's not going to really have any effect. Now, Emma, you said something really interesting, and I think it was in the last live we did, that uh, you want it to return back to baseline before you then spike it again, because then it's going to have that same response. And research shows that that is really anywhere between every three to five hours. So not only if you're eating more than that, like if, if say if you have another high protein meal two hours later, you're not having the desired effect re MPS, but you're also just taking on more calories than your body is going to do anything kind of positive with that's I don't like saying that that's a horrible way to say it but it's not really having an effect and not only that I mean I always was like well you, you can if you want to but it's not really going to have the desired effect but as it turns out if you don't return back to baseline it's not going to have the same effect in your next protein feeding three to five hours later so it's it's an it's a surplus of calories in a, in a window that you don't need it in um that's not having any effect that could potentially have a harmful impact on your next feeding of protein. So every three to five hours is just a good idea. Also, like that is like a nice turnover in terms of food, nutrition, how like satiety. So it's just a nice bracket to aim for. But this is where we get into like com complicated waters quite early. Yeah, yeah. Like this is massively yeah. overthinking it. And like, don't stress if like one day you have your lunch and then an hour later you're going out for dinner because you missed your lunch break or something like that doesn't it doesn't matter but long term what you do consistently does matter so ideally yeah have a bit of a break in eating between breakfast lunch and dinner like that's as complicated as it needs to be really like you can get really like bogged down in like oh there needs to be two hours between here and here and here and then when you actually take a step back and look at how you normally eat anyway you're like oh yeah i, I do all of that similar to post-workout nutrition it's like oh i need to get this and you're like well do you normally have your lunch like within an hour or two after training yeah, okay, well, you don't need to overthink it then. Like you're getting in your protein serving then. So don't stress about that. Same is true for, for this. Like, yeah, technically you could look into the science. There is a protein refractory period. If you're constantly giving yourself amino acids and have high levels of amino acids in your blood, then is there some kind of reduction in sensitivity to those? Potentially, yes. But on like on the occasion, like on an on-off occasion where you've maybe have your breakfast and lunch very close together it's not a big deal at all so don't don't overthink that but ideally yeah have have a period of time where you're not eating during the day like have numerous periods yeah. of those times i think that's just important for metabolic health as well just not constantly yeah. supplying yourself with food the whole time having spaces in between yeah. and i think helpful for hunger periods I of not eating agree, but 
both psychologically and physiologically. And this is why I really I don't I don't have a problem at all with the time restricted feeding window, whether it's a 12, 12 or a 16, 8. I think. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there who would really turn their nose up at this sentence. But I, I genuinely do think giving your body a bit of a break in terms of digestion and feeding is a good idea. And as Emma said, very good for metabolic health, psychologically beneficial, physiologically beneficial. I don't think it's a bad thing to do at all. And then obviously just the basic behavior of calorie control throughout a 24 hour window. It's, it's not a bad idea. And if it agrees with you, then keep doing it. Agreed. Okay. Do you recommend particular supplements for health benefits other than creatine? Yeah, I typically, my non-negotiable supplements for me personally um, are fish oils, vitamin D, creatine, and yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I take. Emma? Yeah, that's all I take. I only actually take vitamin D in the winter, but besides the point really, yeah, like there aren't even um, what most people think would be like conventional wisdom of taking a multivitamin. Like there's not actually really any evidence to suggest that that's beneficial. And all of the reviews on that topic conclude with saying the best way to make sure that you're not deficient in anything is to have a varied diet, have lots of fruit and veg in your diet. That's it. So really when, when you're thinking about supplements rather than asking you know what supplements i should be taking we can't give generic advice for that because we don't know exactly what you're eating basically if your diet is deficient in something you might need to supplement with it but what would be better than that is if your diet is deficient in something start eating in a more balanced way rather than just trying to replace that like putting a plaster on a (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like putting a plaster on it instead of dealing with the problem basically gaping every time i hear gaping i'm like (laughs) yeah it's not a great word uh okay (laughs) on holiday i love a swimming pool workout do push-ups dips in the pool's edge whilst in the pool swim length do lunges in the shallow end awesome that sounds very enjoyable um will the workouts home-based be live today yes they will be live today yeah i haven't assigned them i promise you i am working but i'm just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a little bit behind due to my Ibiza holiday, but uh, all of your workouts will be assigned today. You'll have everything you need before the afternoon. Awesome. Okay. Is it true that you have to go over 30 minutes of cardio to burn fat? No. What? No. I'm just trying to think where that might have come from. And I, I think <clears throat> it might be from more like a fat burning zone type thing where if you're doing longer slower duration Hmm? but the fat burning zone is based on heart rate anyway it's based on heart rate but it's also based on aerobic metabolism and when you look at like graphs of aerobic metabolism it's like uh, anything after sort of like like would be sooner than 30 minutes but i can see roughly where people are coming from with that at a push like i'm just trying to see any logic in that uh but no And, and generally don't worry about which fuel you're utilizing during a workout because it makes a yeah. no difference we're not we're not worried about fat oxidation during a cardio workout what we're worried about is your net energy balance at the end of the week that is where the results if, if you have fat loss results that is where they're gonna lie because you can burn x amount of fat in a workout but if you over the space of the next you know week or two overeat you're going to gain weight it's that simple so 
it, we're much less concerned about like the acute responses that you're having when you're exercising versus, and this is specific to a fat loss goal. I feel like I need to keep reiterating that because I know that all of you will have different goals versus your net energy balance at the end of the week. This is what we're worried about. So nobody be like, oh, I shouldn't be doing HIIT because, well, HIIT's a whole other topic in and of itself. I shouldn't be doing HIIT because I want to be in the fat burning zone or, you know, I shouldn't be doing fat burning because I'm going to burn more calories if I do HIIT. I ultimately... All we want is the balance is used to be in a negative energy balance by the end of the week. So however you want to achieve that is up to you. And if you want to, you know, increase your steps and keep your calories say at like 1800, that's fine. If you want to, you know, I mean, again, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but um, yeah, nobody worry about heart rate zones. What Emma said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't stress about that. Yeah, what you burn during your workout has really very little correlation to your net energy deficit at the end of the day. So you're looking at fuel utilization versus, I guess the point is, fat oxidation rates aren't necessarily you losing more body fat is the point. That's dictated by energy balance. Okay, um, we have quite a lot of questions on this live. So should we go through these and then come back and do the post on tomorrow's live? Yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry, what I meant was I asked a question on the announcement post, Re, if I should be building muscle or doing fat loss. I have nine months until my wedding with about four to five kilograms to lose, but ultimately I want to build muscle to see the benefits of the fat loss. Should I build muscle for four to five months first and then diet in the months leading up to the wedding? No, I mean, I I stand by my answer. I think if you have a small amount of fat to lose, Let's put you in a deficit, a slight deficit, as Emma said, because you don't have a lot to lose. Let's really nail down your training and your nutrition. Let's lose the fat and then let's bring you up to maintenance. That is personally what I would do. But if you have an idea of how you want to do it, you know, you're the client and you can tell us and we can talk about it. Yeah, I also think with most people's goals, and again, this comes from bodybuilding where they're like you need to be in a surplus to build muscle and then you need to be in a deficit to cut that fat like you you don't need to do that I actually think if you just start around maintenance lifting heavy fueling yourself sleeping well like you will get those physique results you don't need to be in a specific fat loss phase and then a specific hypertrophy phase and flipping between the two and and you know what I I would suggest doing that sticking around maintenance and and just like ticking all the boxes and then if you get to two months before your wedding and you're like I still want to lose a little bit cool cut your calories a little bit sure um someone's just reacted with a crying face to the live and I don't know why anyway moving on uh doesn't matter that I don't have a fitness watch I know my steps for certain routes so not totally unaware of distances um I would still track your steps because that's going to be pretty vague. Um, but you don't yeah. need you don't need anything expensive. Like I got mine, which looks a little bit like an iWatch, Apple Watch, whatever it is. And oh, I've only done three hundred steps today um, for like thirty five quid. But I'm sure you can get them for like eight pounds if you're just using it as a pedometer. Just get one on Amazon for like eight quid. Or if you have your phone all the time on you your phone will track your steps for you. So, yeah. Uh, I've done 3,000 steps today, but I was also out till 2 a.m., so. (laughs) Damn you. Okay. Um, mm -mm -mm. 
My fit told well, this must be about the aura ring. My Fitbit told me I was asleep all the way through uh watching Black Widow last night. I was definitely not asleep. <laughs> yeah, probably shows they're not that that accurate. Um, have you covered my PT Hub bit yet? I don't know um if you have any questions about my PT Hub, just tag us in them. Um, but I would just get on and, and give it a bit of a try. There's actually loads of really useful, uh, what they called like guides. If you just go to my, my PT hub and put in like tutorial, if you like how to start a workout tutorial and it'll just show you all of all through. Um, it's pretty simple guys. You just click on workouts and you'll see all the exercises listed, sets, reps, everything. Click on the details tab at the top of the workouts again i haven't assigned mine yet but i will do it today uh and i i personally break down the whole workout everything i want you to do and why i want you to do it and then when you click start workout the demo starts and you can watch them do it as you do it um so i think sometimes with technology it's just about getting on there and having a little look around having a little nosy and being very patient with yourself being more inquisitive than frustrated and you'll get there yeah yeah just play around with it and you'll figure it out Okay, Sally, how much does menopause and hormones impact fat loss and can I do anything to help? Uh, yeah, well, look, everything, I'll let Emma take this because she's done a couple of really good podcasts on this. Everything that we would be giving all of you is going to mitigate the symptoms that you're going to be experiencing from menopause. So everything from resistance training to a high protein diet to taking care of your sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And the only other thing that Emma and I can't give you that might help you is HRT, but that's something that you need to go to your doctor to and talk about. Um, but absolutely everything we would have you doing if you were 20 um, and not experiencing early menopause versus a, an older person, even if, you know, even if you're just an older male to mitigate those um, basically symptoms of aging uh is 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 the same so other than hrt uh no emma yeah i agree like i think sometimes people think you need something different and actually everything is just more important like resistance training is even more important getting your diet right is even more important getting in enough protein is even more important but it's not necessarily different and i think the only real yeah. difference is you might need a bit more support and things might be a bit harder like if you imagine your hunger cravings around your period but now you're having way bigger fluctuations in your hormones your hunger cravings might be a bit like a bit higher or they might fluctuate a little bit more or your mood massively your mood might be impacted things like your sleep might be impacted so that means that we know that if you haven't slept very well your hunger levels are increased so again like it might be harder for you to stick to your diet it's not necessarily that you need to do anything differently it's just that this is quite a hard time of your life potentially if you're struggling with symptoms and you might need a little bit more support from us that's that's really the main difference anything else is more to do with what you're what you're going to discuss with your doctor and obviously we can't tell you whether hrt is right for you or or not right for you um and that we would just encourage people to go see their gps and we talk about this every round and a lot of people are like oh no i've not bothered to go and see my doctor and i'm, I'm like you don't need to just suffer in silence with these things like there are there are things that that you can do to help mitigate some of the side effects so please 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 go and speak to your gp uh, even if you think you're just getting early symptoms because even with that they can help and actually quite a lot of our clients end up just going on the the pill 
and that seems to reduce some of yeah. the fluctuations because it's these hormones that are fluctuating so much which can impact things and another thing that can impact that as well is your weight so if your hormones are fluctuating quite a lot your weight might be fluctuating quite a lot irrespective of whether you're losing body fat or not and so sometimes you need just that little bit more reassurance that you're doing all the right things you're ticking all the boxes you are losing body fat you just can't see it on the scales yet and that's where some reassurance from us comes in quite useful so yes we're very glad that you're here um but don't don't overstress about doing anything necessarily differently uh okay someone's having issues accessing my pt hub please tag me in a post or message me and i will help you out with that um often it is just that you've entered your email address wrong so i just need to edit that my side but it's usually just something like that um five days post-op nowhere near as active as i would be burning calorie wise so question is can i really be burning fat at 1600 calories um it depends how heavy you are probably yeah but it also yeah it basically depends how many calories you're expending so is that going to create an energy deficit for you and realistically at around 60 kilograms your basal metabolic rate so even if you didn't move at all throughout the whole day and did nothing you'd still need about 1400 calories to just maintain where you are so bear that in mind like i don't know i obviously don't have your stats but if you're worried about that tag us in a post tell us how much you weigh tell us if you are able to get any steps maybe a little bit about your operation if it was like does that mean you can still walk or can you not walk for a period of time what's the recovery process like to be honest if you're like i can't walk for a week i'd still have you on slightly higher calories because your body's recovering from something quite traumatic like fat loss probably isn't the priority right now during this first week post-surgery so yeah that would be something to consider as well like there's plenty of time to cut your calories further in the future but if you've literally just had surgery might not be the best time to be in a huge deficit anyway yeah agreed sally those of you who are like ill as well yeah anyone has covid i'm really poorly so i train this week should i drop my calories no the answer will always be no and uh, you know take into account you know you have your basal metabolic rate your body needs calories to function on a normal day if you're ill you're recovering better to hedge your bets and not drop your calories and at least keep them at least at maintenance yeah and it's it's perspective again isn't it like it's a week would you rather recover quicker in a week and not massively over restrict or, you know, would you rather over-restrict and potentially mean that you're unwell for two weeks, three weeks, or God forbid, get long COVID because you've been trying to maintain a deficit while your body's trying to fight a virus. So, yes. Yeah. Um, Sally, yeah. I generally fast for 16 hours and don't eat until lunchtime. I don't often feel hunger. Should I stop this? No, we've kind of covered that. Yeah. I'm fine if- for you to do just make sure that you're eating around your workouts, whether that's before or after or both, whatever. Um, someone's just, just I, asking. I just want to work out. Huh? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were still talking. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was, yeah, that was, that's pretty much it. Okay. Pretty much done. <laughs> pretty much done. Right. Okay. Uh, someone's just asking. So how do we get started with this? Is there any introduction into how to get started? Yes. It's all pinned in the Facebook group. Please, please, please watch the video. Because realistically, none of this will make sense if you haven't watched the video. Watch the video, read the files, yeah. then then you'll know what to do. If you're stuck and you feel overwhelmed, tag us. Yeah, um, guys, 
number one, read the announcements posts always. But the whole welcome post, Emma and I co-wrote, <laughs> is in there and it, is, it talks you through how this all works. Watch the welcome video. That's where we really talk about nutrition, which let's be honest, is the question that we get asked the most. And we go through everything from calories to carbohydrates to protein. Watch it and read the files, okay? I spent a long time writing and rewriting and editing and re-editing all the files so that everybody can read them and get a really short, short, sharp crash course in everything we want you to do on the EQ method. And then if you're still like, ah, what the fuck? tag us and we will basically clear it all up for you in one very succinct answer um, and make it you know bespoke for you if you have a specific issue um, so that's the, the order in which you guys need to do things and just yeah once you get your head around it or I promise you like I say the first week might be a bit higgledy-piggledy for you that's normal you're doing something new that you haven't done before by week two you'll be absolutely in your stride perfect okay um if I don't work out until the evening, should I avoid carbs at the start of the day? My initial goal is weight loss. No, we've just covered carbs. No. That's why I'm just giving you a succinct answer. But if you listen back or if you watch the intro post, we cover carbs in quite a lot of detail. Um, yeah. I'm around 70 kilograms. Should I be aiming for 1600 or 1800 calories or should I aim for 1700 in the middle? I mean, realistically, She's around how much? 70 kilograms. I would start you on a 17 to 1800 calorie bracket. Anywhere in that bracket at 70 kg is pro probably going to start start you in quite good stead. Yeah, I agree. And and do remember as well, like your start point is lot, like it just needs to be a sensible start point. From there is where the coaching starts. Like it, if you're on 17 or 1800 calories, doesn't hugely matter. We normally start you on the higher end. So we've got more room to lower calories if needed. But yeah, don't don't get too bogged down. It, it's important to have a target, but that target just needs to be sensible to start with. Then we monitor and adapt with consistency. Yeah, be consistent at least like two to three weeks. Be really consistent in that calorie bracket. Make sure you nail it, and then we can look at your data and we can we can do whatever we need to do to get you, you know, to change anything we need to change from there. But I instinct tells me that that's going to be absolutely fine for you. Yeah, I agree. I have a thyroid problem. Do you have any advice on this? Do you consider this into the plan? So you should definitely go and speak to your doctor if you haven't already, because that's a medical problem. Actually, we have a lot of problem with, uh, we have a lot of clients with thyroid problems. If they're medicated properly, it doesn't change anything. So just make sure that you're speaking to your doctor. If there are any problems, obviously let us know. But Generally, yeah. I think people think that there's going to be an issue there in terms of their energy expenditure. But if it's properly medicated, it doesn't have an impact on your energy demands. So just make sure you're you're in contact with your GP. Okay. Um, Sally's just saying, all makes sense. I've got HRT, just need the EC method and hard grit now then. Thank you, ladies. Um, I usually... No, we don't want hard grit. No. We want this to be enjoyable. Like we said in the beginning, nice, we grind. want to start thinking. Yeah, like moving should be like a, a lifetime goal for me. Like getting up and being active in the day, training three days a week. Like it's not even every other day. Like it's, it's important for your health. Like how can I figure this out? Calorie intake is important for your health, as is nutrition. And then how can I live like my best life as well? Well, how do I do this all together? How do I make this work? And it will look different for all of you, but. 
we don't want hard grit. We want some, what's the word? Yeah, we don't want like short term, sorry. Self-care, self-love, self-priority. Oh, I like that, self-priority. Yeah. Prioritize thyself. Yeah, agreed. We don't want like short term, I'm just going to stick to this ridiculously rigid thing for eight weeks and then go back to my normal life and inevitably the position I was in before will follow suit. So that's true. But maybe, maybe Sally's like me where she just like really likes things that are hard. Like, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, but like, we're not of can... the norm. This is what I had. This is what coaches, this is the, this is the ringer that you have to go through when you first become a coach and you first start doing this. Like we are a little bit sadistic, right? And like you have to learn, like, oh, not everybody's like me. And that I think that's what makes you either a good coach or a bad coach. Just how quickly and to what degree do you understand that not everybody's the same as you? Yeah, I mean, we. I think what makes us maybe different, or what I think what makes us good coaches actually is we listen to our clients and we hear what they're saying and we hear their struggles, and then we're like, how do we find solutions to these? And like the best coaches do the best coaches are the coaches who really really listen and learn from every single client we like we learn just as much from you guys as you probably do from us because we're listening to and and generally it's the same struggles people have the same mindsets around things people struggle with the same mental barriers that's why we've got quite good at figuring out solutions to them because we understand what people are going through now um okay last question i usually do fasted what bike one hour session in the morning is it best to go to the gym at lunchtime or later in the day after work if as long as you're refueling after that fasted session it doesn't really matter yeah i agree it doesn't matter when you train as long as you feel like you're getting a good session you have good energy for your session and if if you're finding that so for example i'm fine with faster training totally fine with it james hates it so what's the point he's going to go have a shit session he's going to start to build up this resentment for training it's a really stupid idea for him to train first thing in the morning before breakfast but for me it works perfectly it's very very subjective and like i keep saying over and over and over again i want all of you to start thinking about how are you going to do this and enjoy it how are you going to take care of yourself and enjoy it how are you going to make it fit in with your life how are you going to make it work for you and it will look different for every single one of you um and this is really good work for you guys to all start doing right off the agreed i think that's a lovely way to finish this live and then we're back tomorrow right what time 10 or 11 it has to be early because i'm getting on a boat tomorrow (laughs) okay we we can discuss yeah we'll discuss and then we'll post we'll post in the group the other thing i'm going to do is figure out that google document and someone asked about which bands to buy so i'll post that as well yeah, and I will be assigning all the home-weighted and home-body-weight workouts. So if you're on holiday or you are not quite ready for a gym yet, and we do understand that some people you know, need to build up to this and we want you to build up to this, so definitely have it in your kind of vision for the near future. Um, but all the home-weighted and home-body-weight workouts will be uploaded today. And if you have any questions about any of them, click the details tab before you ask me, but then ask me if you're still confused. <laughs> Agreed. Bye. Bye.